1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stuart Robertson condemns the racist abuse Alfredo Morelos was subjected to on Friday while showing support for Rangers players taking the knee. Stephen Gerrard's side win the Viola Trophy with Celtic preparing for PSG tomorrow and the Betfred Cup dates are set with a February final pencilled in. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. What an utterly depressing story this is about Alfredo Morelos and Conor Goldson has been brought into it as well. Racist abuse in 2020 What are you supposed to do Other than condemn it outright On the day And it's a year to the day on Wednesday That Rangers launched their Everyone Anyone initiative I said That Stuart Robertson was an extremely brave man Because for the extremists In our troubled society These are not vote catchers But for me Racial abuse Not a lot of thought goes into it For me it is the work of the imbecilic The moronic and they're downright bad. Well, make sure you can get involved as well. 01419511025 is the number, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Hugh, we are here predominantly to talk about football, and that's what we love to do as well. But sometimes other issues arise that take the focus away from the pitch, and that's what's happened over this weekend. We certainly will want to hear your thoughts on the football as well later on. So give us a call on 01419511025. One o two five, but a couple of incidents over the weekend which culminated in Rangers managing director Stuart Robertson releasing a strong message to supporters and to everyone involved in Scottish football today. It's probably best to go over uh, a timeline of it really starting with last week because uh, as we saw, Rangers players took the knee in solidarity uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement ahead of their games against Leon and Nice. Celtic, of course, doing the same in their two games as well. But in between those two matches, Alfredo Morelos, he was doing a an Instagram live. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure you'll know what that is, Hugh, but uh, I'll take the technical side of it. He was he was streaming live on, on Instagram. People can leave comments and, and reply to it. And on it, there was what I can only describe as an, an, an utterly abhorrent racist mm. comment, um, which you know has been seen by many. It was circulated on, on social media as well. And it's something that there is absolutely no place for whether it is on social media or anywhere. Yeah, uh, I think of the contribution made by black players in Scottish football. Too many to mention. You know, from Henrik Larsson to Moussa Dembele to Jermaine Defoe to Alfredo Morelos to Odson Edward, throw in Russell Latterby, throw in Indy like. Uh, and it's abhorrent, as you say, that these comments are still being made. I have two mixed-race grandchildren. I would be devastated if they were ever to be subjected to this kind of abuse. But I can't rule it out because society contains certain elements that we could all do without. But for me, the most powerful paragraph in Stuart Robertson's statement today, to be clear, he says... If you are unable to support our players, regardless of their background, you are not welcome at Ibrooks. Rangers is a club for all. In 2020, on the verge of the most important season that Rangers have had for 22 years, to have to come out and defend your own players because of the actions of some, some of your own supporters, 
What a shame Yeah a lot of this is centred around social media And it, it is a problem on social media You have these nameless faceless accounts Where people seem to think they can they can get away with making comments like this Yeah uh, and that is a problem and, and it's been addressed on a widespread basis By people who are now asking that social media impose uh, certain restraints So that the halfwits can't get through But as I say, I, I repeat For me, there's not a lot of deep thinking Goes into racial abuse It is the work of the imbecilic The moronic And the downright bad We'll get into uh, the issue surrounding Connor Goldson soon He'd obviously posted up a, a photo of the Rangers players Kneeling ahead of the game And he certainly wasn't happy with, with the response to that Looking at the racist abuse that Alfredo Morelos was subjected to on Friday night This, you know, isn't an isolated incident We've seen it up and down, you know, the UK Lots of players have had this type of abuse mm. Especially now when it's such a, a pressing subject I think there was a 12-year-old boy that was arrested down in England For doing similar to, to Wilfred Zaha It's, it's so yeah. worrying that this thing, you know, is still common in this day and age well, uh, I'll go back to it That um, it's society's problem uh, Mothers and fathers Grandfathers and grandmothers Are part of society They should be ensuring That their children are not brought up uh, To behave in this way To express themselves in this way But as I say, in 2020 When we have major problems To concern all of us in life how can we still go on about this stuff? I do not judge a person by the colour of their skin. I do not judge a person by their religious denomination. I simply judge them as people. So Rangers played their second game on Saturday. That was the, the day after uh, the comment was made on Alfredo Morelos's Instagram account. Um, where once again, as I said, the players took the knee before the game. Connor Goldson posted up a photo on Instagram of him kneeling. And I think it was after he'd seen the comments on it. I think he re-uploaded the photo with a, a different caption. And I'll read that caption to you now. He says, let's try again. The hate and ignorance in the comments of the last picture were disgusting, but not surprising. This isn't about politics. It's about equality. We all need educating Myself included He highlighted some of the comments as well On his Instagram story One of them was someone telling him That he wasn't welcome at the club Because oh. of it And it's worrying that players or anyone in society Still has to deal with that in, in this day and age And you know there, there is a blame on social media But it's, it's a platform for people That they use to just fuel this hatred That they've got to, to put out you know these views that they've got and what they want to say but Conor Goldson hits the nail on the head there when he says it is about education these people need educating on the subject well in this part of the world we kid ourselves on uh, that we don't have problems with regard to uh, racial abuse and uh, sectarianism and we sure do uh, and all we can do is bang on about it uh, and uh, hope that families can better educate their own children uh, on this particular subject but it is depressing what has taken place over the weekend and in this day and age, it is also shocking. The big word that stuck out for me there, Conor Goldson saying equality. I mean, people are just looking to be treated the same as, as everyone else. Mm. How, how can you argue with that? Well, you look at the players within the dressing rooms at Celtic and Rangers and any other club. Um, they respect each other as professionals and they appreciate what... Each other does for the team They're not concerned Whether you're black or white 
And, and don't get me wrong as well, this is, this is not a problem that's exclusive to Rangers. We've seen it oh. up and down the country at different grounds. We've seen it on social media and in many different quarters. This is just the, the latest depressing incident, as you say. Yeah, uh, and I repeat, um, that over the last 20, 30 years, the, the contribution made by uh, the black players at Celtic and Rangers has been outstanding. And uh, there have been uh, embarrassing Incidents involving both sets of supporters down through the years We're still banging away here uh, Don't you understand just how bad it reflects in the country? Uh, and is there no chance at all of anyone ever Coming to terms with this problem And realising that equality is important And respect is important But as I say, for the managing director of Rangers to have to Produce a paragraph and a statement to say If you're unable to support our players Regardless of their background You are not welcome at Ibrox Dear me Yeah well Connor Goldson went on Because after after he'd posted that He wasn't happy with the comments again That were on that And he highlighted that on his Instagram story um, He said I'm not doing this for attention Or for anyone to feel sorry for me But these are fans of our club I know it's a minority And I'm not suggesting otherwise However as a majority who stand by us We need to make a stand to be heard What I will say is players see these comments and they hurt us And that's it Hugh Some people don't take into account Footballers are real people With oh. real feelings And whether it's racist abuse Or abuse of any other kind It has a real world effect On these people I think back to uh, James Tavernier I think last season At Easter Road When the bottle came onto the park And of course We were appalled And uh, spoke out about it Now No one mentioned That the bottle was thrown At a black player It was simply thrown At a Rangers player The Rangers captain now the Rangers fans would have been incensed at that particular time Are we seriously to believe that the same people who were incensed by the bottle coming on at James Tavernier Are now troubled by the colour of James Tavernier's skin? Yeah and we had Jermaine Defoe on the phone When we were having a, a tackling racism in Scottish football night last month He spoke so passionately about the cause And it, it's amazing that you know these words don't seem to translate to some people It, it just doesn't matter to them mm. Well as you said earlier on Andrew They can hide they can hide behind anonymity on social media uh, And they are the worst, the most despicable kind of coward And Conor Goldson, I think he, he says it himself as well You know, it, it's a minority, he accepts that It's not a majority mm -hmm. But even it being a minority is not good enough We need that number to be at zero Well, for me, that's why Stuart Robertson's statement today Is the best thing of all Because as managing director of the club To say to your supporters the minority Just don't come We don't want you Then for me Those are the most powerful words Yeah well I will read out that statement Because that came from Stuart Robertson Today he spoke to fans Through the club website And was very strong On both the abuse Alfredo Morelos was subjected to And the response uh, To the Rangers players Taking the knee as well he said, Alfredo Morelos was the victim of racist abuse via social media on Friday evening. This hate crime is now subject of a police investigation. This is unacceptable, cannot be tolerated and must be condemned by everyone in Scottish football and society as a whole. He went on to say, furthermore, as a club, we stand firmly behind our players who have taken a knee prior to recent games. This is a strong stance against racism. We will work tirelessly to protect our players every single day and will not tolerate the abuse or hatred that... Uh, that some have had to endure in recent days To be clear If you are unable to support our players Regardless of their background You are not welcome at Ibrox Rangers is a club for all He could not be any more clear on that Hugh 
The sad thing is that the social media will now go into overdrive and the the, the, the whataboutery mob will be out. Ah, but what about sectarian behaviour at Ibrooks? And yeah, Rangers have had many, many problems in that regard. And Stuart Robertson and people like him have tried to clean up the club's act in that regard as well. Uh, and they do their level best. They are not encouraging sectarianism in any way, shape or form. And now they are proving that they are not encouraging racial abuse in any way, shape or form. So you can only bang the drum, go on about it and ignore the whataboutery because that too comes from the moronic, the imbecilic and the downright bad. And what we're doing here is we're focusing on one specific issue and when people start pulling out all sorts of different things that have happened that you know are, are issues that need to be dealt with and we need to work on in Scottish football but this is specifically about you know the players taking the knee and racist abuse it's something that if you start bringing other things it gets diluted almost when this is an issue that that needs a full focus as well well I don't think that Rangers can do any more than they have done today by uh, producing this statement and speaking in very harsh terms to their own supporters so once again on the first anniversary of the Everyone Anyone initiative, I applaud the managing director, Stuart Robertson. What's promising as well is, you know, you, you go on social media and despite these comments, which we don't want to see and we want to get rid of, there are other supporters who are calling people out. They're telling them that their views are wrong. They're saying, mm -hmm. you know, we agree with Rangers. We don't want these type of people at Ibrooks. And it's good that other fans are able to call out these people. Yeah, uh, because you're trying to bring the club into the 21st century uh, you're trying to be progressive and uh, with Steven Gerrard as the manager and the progress that Rangers have made they haven't won a trophy yet but the progress that they have made uh, they are showing that they want to be a progressive 21st century club but you're always held back there's always one as they say in Glasgow the problem is it's not just one and a strong stance like this will be comforting for the players as well. They'll want to know that everyone at the club is behind them. And we saw that, that the players showed their solidarity. Players from Rangers, players from Celtic, players from Nice, players from ne uh, Leon. sorry. They, they all knelt, they all showed their support. Mm. And, you know, the Rangers players who will maybe go on social media and feel disheartened by what they'll have seen, they'll feel comforted by the fact that they know that everyone at the club is behind them and, and has their back on the issue. I don't know what plans are... Uh a foot for the opening of our league season whether clubs will take the knee on the 1st and 2nd of August if they do they are to be applauded if they don't they are to be understood it's an individual choice however what is not up for debate is that it is morally reprehensible to be posting the kind of social media posts that have been seen with regard to Alfredo Morelos and Conor Goldson. One worrying thing that you see a lot on social media when you're talking about racism and talking about Black Lives Matter, and I've, I've seen it in the past few days as well, is people you know, hitting back with a retort of all lives matter. Mm -hmm. And it's one that astounds me because we know that. We know that all lives matter. We know every life matters. But by saying that, it diminishes what we're all trying to achieve here because you know th this is a group in society who have been uh, oppressed um, you know, discriminated against. They just want the same treatment as everyone else. And the people saying, oh, you know, what about all lives matter? They, they need to realise that this isn't about them. This isn't about you. No one is trying to take your rights away. No. We're trying to level the playing field for everyone. 
And you're simply asking people to show their revulsion with regard to the the racial abuse that has been suffered by two particular players in this particular instance. Um, we know that we can go into other matters when they arise, but this is about Morelos and Goldson, and Rangers have spoken out well today. There have also been um, people taking issue with the, the Black Lives Matter movement in terms of a, a political stance that some people aren't happy with, certain political views that, that the group have. But Conor Goldson says himself that the players kneeling for this is not a political thing. It's purely about equality. So yeah. y- you can't argue with that. He is laying out exactly why the players are doing this. They're doing this to, to show their solidarity, to show their support, to show they're all in it together and to show that they really want to make a difference. Footballers live fairly ordinary lives. They get extraordinary money, but they live ordinary lives. They sit in the dressing room. They are uh, of different religious persuasions. They are of different uh, colours. Therefore, they know that each is important to the other and it's a collective and that they are grateful for what the guy next to them does when, as footballers say, they're in the trenches. So all they want, they want respect, dignity and equality. You touched on it as well there, the, the Everyone Anyone campaign. The final uh, line from Stuart Robertson, it says, Everyone Anyone, our groundbreaking diversity and inclusion initiative, celebrates its first anniversary on Wednesday, as you touched on, Hugh. Recent incidents highlight the importance of our campaign, which we will continue to drive forward. And this must be something that, you know, the hierarchy at Rangers, people within the club must be pulling their hair out because, you know, for a year they, they've put this in place, that they're wanting to, to progress and, and make things happen. But incidents like this, they, they do just set you back. Well, a civilised man like Stephen Gerrard uh, must be scratching his head. Uh, he can look down south and find similar incidents, of course. It's not a problem confined to Scotland or to the city of Glasgow. Uh, but... For a civilised man to have to listen to his managing director tell a minority of Rangers supporters not to come back to Ibrooks, he must wonder what it's all about. And it's something we will continue to talk about and continue to highlight until there is a point where hopefully at some point in the future that we don't need to anymore. Yeah, of course. Uh, I suspect it'll be a long way off, but all you can do is your best at this particular time. Well, 01419511025 is the number if you want to get involved. Of course, there was football played over the weekend as well. I'm sure everyone at home has plenty of thoughts. You've probably seen your your team play maybe once or twice if you're a Celtic fan or a Rangers fan already. Teams of uh, fans of other teams as well. You've had plenty of uh, behind closed doors action as well. We want to hear your thoughts on what's been happening on the pitch as well. So make sure to get in touch. 01419511025, and we'll get on to that after the break and after the travel with Aaron. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. As I said before the break, there was, of course, football played at the weekend as well. I'm sure plenty of you have a lot of thoughts on what you saw from your team. Maybe it uh, inspired you to think of you know, any, any positions you'd like to see your, your team strengthen. Was there anything you weren't happy about? Something that you maybe thought you'd improved on from last season. Uh, so we want to hear from you. 1419511025. Uh, Hugh Rangers kicked things off for us on Saturday with the action over in France. They took on Nice 
in the second game in their second game over in France mm-hmm. ran out 2-0 winners thanks to goals from Jermaine Defoe and Jamie Barjonas Celtic then followed that up with a 2-1 defeat to Leon Moel Yanusi got the goal for Celtic and of course Moussa Dembele scored against Celtic because I think we all saw that one coming didn't we well yeah it was always going to be that way however you know congratulations to Rangers for winning the two games and winning the, the trophy uh, but even Steven Gerrard himself has acknowledged they didn't go over there to get a trinket they went over there to get the team in good form and improve their fitness so that they are ready for the title race of title races that's coming up for us domestically speaking and Celtic didn't go over there to do anything other than get fitness up uh, get a chance to introduce the, the Karen Moko Dembele's and the Stephen Welsh's of this world Scott Robertson's uh, so it, it was about getting ready for the domestic scene uh, so you know, they were over there with a purpose in mind and I think both teams uh, would be happy with how things are progressing. I think that's sometimes just where there's a difference between fans and, and, and managers and the players. You know, the managers, both of them, Stephen Gerrard, Neil Lennon, they, they laid out the fact that it is to get that fitness, it is to, to work on tactics, to play against this, you know, high quality opposition but fans at the end of the day still want to see their sides win whether it is you know a, a game that is a cup final or whether it is a friendly over in France well we'll go through from the 1st of August until the end of May we'll go through um, a kind of tension that we have never known before with regard to the outcome of the title race because it's either 10 in a row for Celtic or 1 in a row for Rangers and it will dominate our football it was quite nice though Just over the weekend A, a Saturday There was some football You could sit there yeah. Watch your team Whether you're a Celtic fan A Rangers fan Watch your team On the TV And you know You get that feeling of You know It really is back I, I know Rangers had played a, a bounce game I think at their training ground Against Hamilton Before that But this was the first Real prospect On, on Thursday and Saturday Of fans being able To just sit down And think You know what We're actually getting somewhere We're back on the right track The, the football's not far away Yeah it's been, The The, the Tension has been cranked up slowly but surely. And Celtic, of course, have that match tomorrow night against uh, Paris Saint Germain. Uh, I'm not sure it's a great idea, to be honest. Um, Celtic are at a very early stage in their preparation. They're playing a Paris Saint Germain side who are awaiting the last 16 of the Champions League, who have scored 16 goals in their last two friendly matches against uh, Le Havre and Beveren. Uh, and conceded no goals and in uh, Mbappé and Neymar and Icardi uh, you know they present a, an unbelievable challenge to a Celtic team who had two matches I remember I was covering for Super Scoreboard back when Celtic played PSG in the Champions League group stages and uh, the home game where Celtic lost 5-0 and you, you were just sat in the stand at, in awe of yeah. these players and I know that the fans do like a glamour friendly they like to see their, their players come up against top opposition so it'll be interesting to see what Neil Lennon can learn from uh, that game tomorrow night Well I think first of all they have to protect their dignity um, because you know the, as you say when they, they last met Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League Celtic lost 12 goals over two legs um, and these players uh, Neymar Mbappé and the rest are gearing up for the last 16 of the Champions League so there'll be no punches pulled against Celtic and I think Neil Lennon will have to play the strongest possible team uh, even though it can't be the strongest possible team if last season's third choice goalkeeper is 
this season's first choice goalkeeper until they get someone in, in there. Well, some interesting comments from Scott Brown over the weekend. I think he'd spoken to the media over in France and he said that you know he felt Scott Bain could slot into goal for Celtic this season and, and he wouldn't have a problem with it. Is that not a, a view you share? Um, I respect Scott Bain and he's not let Celtic down when he's played in the first team. However, I think Celtic have um, been a little slow in this one. Um, I think they wasted too much time trying to convince Fraser Forster to come back here. He's clearly not of a mind to come back to Celtic, whether it's 10 in a row or anything else. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're 10 days, 11 days away from the season starting with the best will in the world. I think the Celtic supporters were looking for someone other than Scott Bain to uh, sustain them. Is there an argument to say that domestically anyway that Celtic maybe don't need someone that is the calibre of, of Fraser Forster in goal? We see Celtic dominate the ball a lot. Is, is there an argument to say that someone like Scott Bain could, could well do the job for Celtic and they could well end up with a title at the end of the season even if it is Scott Bain in goal? No, not for me. There is an argument. Uh, Celtic are looking for a top class goalkeeper whether they take him on loan or buy one. They have uh, the Champions League to go for and qualification for the Champions League will be very important for Celtic this season because uh, through no fault of their own, COVID-19 has deprived Celtic of millions of pounds. All outgoings, no income for Celtic. Therefore, that Champions League money becomes very important and every league game is important. As I said, in a jocular fashion have upgraded the weather warning a draw is a calamity a defeat is a catastrophe this season so yeah I think there is an argument I think Celtic should have done something about the goalkeeping situation by now 01419511025 if you want to get involved make sure to give us a phone or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Rangers of course were, were playing as well goals from Jermaine Defoe and Jamie Barjonas it was interesting those two games because we saw similar games from Rangers last season in the Europa League that you know they showed they're capable of lining up against these European teams and, and beating them and, and getting it the results. But it's maybe the flip side now when you look to their game against Motherwell on Wednesday, they're playing Coventry on, on Saturday. Those are the games that maybe the fans will be more anticipated or sort of more excited to see how Rangers do because it was the games where maybe Rangers were expected to win where they slipped up last season. Yeah, I mean, they're having great results in Europe and then losing at home to Hamilton Ackies or losing away to Kilmarnock. And these things contributed towards the 13-point lead that Celtic had. So um, they've got a terrific start, Aberdeen away, with no fans. Uh, we'll all have to live with the weirdness of that situation. But it is important that Rangers play consistently well at home and away in the domestic league. What will be will be with regard to the pre-season friendlies but Rangers know that having good results in Europe is on its own no guarantee of anything at home. It all comes to breaking teams down really that seemed to be the issue last season that when a team sat in at the edge of their box they, they, they camped in against Rangers That that's when they struggled to, to create the chances we saw the games that they had against Leon and Nice You know, a couple of those goals were on the counter-attack where teams were open against Rangers and they were able to, to use their pace in the, the final third to break forward they've not really made many changes at the top end of the pitch Steven Gerrard was saying that you know he's looking to bring in I think it was a, a another striker he said a centre-back as well to account for the loss of Nikola Katic to mm. injury as well they've also been linked with a, a central midfielder as well a couple of um, midfielders they've been linked with but 
it's just how they break teams down whether it is with the the same players they've got this season or whether they do add in that position as well well as I say they've gone to France they've played well they've won two games uh, they, they look to have an enterprising squad there there, there are some that could be doing with um, giving themselves a G up uh, but if he gets in another striker then I think that Steven Gerrard would be very much looking forward to the start of this season 01419511025 if you want to get involved on the phones we also saw a good run out you mentioned it there for Celtic there was the likes of Karamoko Dembele Stephen Welsh that got game time Luca Connell as well and Rangers end there was a goal for Jamie Barjonas who Stephen Gerrard has been talking about over the weekend he looks set to go on another loan spell but these games as well good for, for managers just to see where these players are, are at at this moment in time well to say I think Celtic need a goalkeeper uh, because Scott Bain will be a, a very fine backup goalkeeper But I think Celtic are looking for a goalkeeper of a higher calibre um, We have to see how the Lee Griffith situation resolves itself uh, They do need help for Odson Edward up front They've lost Mikey Johnson sadly to injury So there is business that needs to be done by Celtic And I think the Celtic supporters will be looking on with interest To see if they can get that business done by August the 2nd when they kick off And despite the fact that Patrick Lamalla grabbed a, a goal in, in Celtic's first game Having a, a Lee Griffiths that isn't fit for the start of the season Will be a, a, a massive concern still Well I'd imagine that uh, he will be up to speed Literally uh, Early in the season It's uh, how he is apart from that That uh, will be important How confident he will feel How much confidence in him Neil Lennon has uh, Patrick Klamala is the dreaded phrase A work in progress And we need to see how he fares When domestic football starts Because, you know, again Three and a half million pounds Celtic paid for him He's got to start delivering It was interesting to see as well The, the way the man, both managers dealt with the, the pre-season friendlies I think Rangers only made three changes Going from one game to the next Steven Gerrard looked keen to, to get what he felt Was his strongest starting 11 on the pitch And, and get them minutes Neil Lennon maybe more likely to, you know, change it up and, and give players game time. And you know, Stephen Gerrard did make the the changes later on, but uh, maybe not as inclined to, you know, shuffle the, the the pack from the start. Oh, each manager can go on as he likes. Uh, it's good to get Dembele game time and Stephen Welsh and Scott Robertson, uh, but everything is about August the first, Aberdeen Rangers, and August the second. Celtic Hamilton and the start of a 38 game helter skelter. 01419511025 on the phone line. Celtic, uh, Tony, sorry, as a Celtic fan in Bridgeton. Tony? Yes. Evening, Paro. Hi, Tony. What's Evening your point tonight? Hi, Tony. Uh, it's about the Celtic goalie. They're leaving a bit late. I thought about Joe Hart. I thought about David Marshall. Why don't you go for Arthur Boric? He come back the shot, and we, we know he we know he was a great goalie. I, I'm still hoping to be get Fraser Forster. Well, I, as I say, I, th- I think too much time has now been wasted on Fraser Forster. If Fraser Forster wanted to rejoin Celtic, he'd have been up here by now. He'd be in Paris today, ready to play against PSG tomorrow. He clearly doesn't want to come back to Celtic, so. They've wasted enough time in him um, With regard to Artur Boric You're saying he'd come up here in a minute How do you know that Tony? Well, well I'd like 
somebody should ask them. Well, they, for all I know, they have asked them, but my understanding is that they're now thinking in terms of taking a goalkeeper on loan uh, for another season. Uh, Bournemouth, I think, will go down. How that affects Arthur Boric, I do not know. He may have a release clause in his contract if they're not in the Premier League, uh, or he may still be under contract to Bournemouth. But as I say, too much time has been wasted on Fraser Forster now. And I think it's time for Celtic to get a move on and get a goalkeeper of calibre in. Tony, would you not be... I, I, oh, on you go, Tony. I, I, I honestly agree with, with, with you. We have wasted too much time. And as you said earlier on in the programme, time's ticking. So we need to get somebody in. Tony, would you not be confident with Scott Bain as your starting goalkeeper for this season? Do you feel that you know they need to have an addition that comes in and, and plays ahead of him? Well, if we don't get anybody in, he's going to be left. And if he does get injured, who, who's going to put up? Well, at the moment it's who, who's Con- going to put in? at the moment it's Connor Hazard. Uh, so that 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 is the problem. Um, if you get Scott Bain and an untried. Connor Hazard you can't approach Champions League qualification matches like that and on you go Tony I, I agree with you I agree with you wholeheartedly so are there is, any other has Boris ever been has Boris ever been mentioned well I know that they're speaking to, the, to agents of various goalkeepers the, the problem with Artur Boric is that uh, he, he has this iconic status for the Celtic supporters but that was some time ago And he has been mainly On the bench for Bournemouth For a long time um, But He would certainly be welcomed back By the Celtic supporters Whether he wants to come back though Is another question altogether Everyone assumed That Fraser Forster would be a done deal The deal was agreed between Southampton and Celtic But the player himself has dug his heels in and he's clearly not of a mind to come back to Celtic. Tony, are there any other areas? Oh, on you go, Tony. Yeah. Well, as she said, the same thing as we took Craig Gordon right back and he turned out brilliant. Right. Foster was sitting on the bench and all, doing nothing to him except getting 92,000 a week. He came up here, he done well, fans loved him. He's way doing. I don't know if it's a money thing But I would like to see Arthur Bosch back Because I know I can trust him Well There's a, a line between romance and reality here Arthur mm-hmm. Boric Is romance in the eyes of the Celtic supporters The reality is Either he may not want to come back to Celtic Or He may go back to Celtic And not be the goalkeeper he once was So but whatever whatever happens whatever happens, Tony, they need to get a goalkeeper in. Oh, oh I know that. But we took we took Craig Gordon who had to play for nearly three years and he turned out brilliant. And that was one of the biggest boobies Celtic made. No gave him a decent contract. Well I, that's football's way. When you when you get offered a contract that is when you get offered a contract, Tony, that is vastly inferior to the one that you had. That's well, that's well, football's that's way. That's football's way of saying we don't want you to stay. Actually, final point to you, Tony. He, he, yeah, he kept a lot of games as well. 
But I just wanted to find out what, what she thought about Arthur Borage. As I say, he would be one of the go-to guys for a lot of Celtic supporters based on what he did when he was there before. But Arthur Boric may not be of a mind to come back to Scotland and Celtic may not be of a mind to ask him to come back to Scotland. I just think the bottom line here is they've wasted too much time on Fraser Forster and the clock is ticking and there are domestic matches and Champions League qualifiers coming towards Celtic and need a goalkeeper of high calibre in. Well, thank you to Tony in Bridgeton. 01419511025 on the phone lines if you want to give us your thoughts and we could be speaking to you after the travel with Aaron. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, on the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You can get in touch as well, 01419511025. Before the break, we were talking about the fact that the football had been back here. This was something I, I quite liked because obviously we saw Celtic and Rangers both on the television. The, the fans of the uh-huh. old firm had the luxury of being able to sit and, and watch their team. Every other top division side in, in Scotland hasn't had that luxury. Their bounce games have been played, whether it's at, at training grounds or at stadiums behind closed doors but this was something that uh, caught my eye on Saturday it was a tweet from Ben McNichol who's a Hamilton fan and he says am I standing in a shopping trolley watching Hamilton against St Mirren in a pre-season friendly (laughs) yes yes I am and there's a picture of uh, his view and obviously we know that uh, Hamilton Stadium is surrounded by supermarkets supermarkets on two sides and there he was there was a, a picture that came in the replies as well that someone had taken of it was about three or four Hamilton fans that were all standing on shopping trolleys so that they could see over and it just shows how much people have been missing football that they're willing for 90 minutes to stand on on top of a shopping trolley to watch their team play well I do find football the English football that we've seen so far uh, a hard watch with no supporters Unless you get something bizarre last night Like uh, David De Gea's performance For Man United against Chelsea um, I'm hoping it will be a different matter When the games are on television And it's players that we are all really familiar with um, I'm looking forward to the Aberdeen Rangers game And Celtic against Hamilton the, the following day We have an incredible title coming up Incredible the most important championship for 22 years since uh, Celtic had to stop Rangers from winning 10 in a row. Now it's Rangers' turn to try to stop Celtic from winning 10 in a row. It is incredibly important to the fans of both clubs, but it'll kick off in an atmosphere of utter weirdness. Pataudry, Aberdeen Rangers, nobody there. Utter weirdness. Celtic unveiling a league flag, celebrating nine in a row, I'm playing at home Utterly weird Nobody there I wonder if there'll maybe be a difference Between up here and, and down south Because they had a, a, a bit of a shutdown period Didn't get a full pre-season And obviously because they were finishing their season And moved into the final lot of games Whereas up here you know, Teams have had two months now to prepare They'll have you know, three, four, maybe five bounce games You wonder whether the fitness of the players will be a lot better than it was down south And will maybe get off to a bit of a quicker start than they did down there And then the other side of that coin, Andrew Is that they'll have to uh, accommodate the fact that there are no people there So I'm perfectly willing to cut any player, any club Some slack from August 1st onwards Because we are in unprecedented times 
On the one hand For the Celtic and Rangers fans It is the most important season in 22 years And on the other hand They can't be there Weird I have to say I was quite impressed by The, the tempo and the standard of the games Over in France That Celtic and Rangers had against Lyon and Nice, the the old firm players, they, they seemed really up for it. They, you know, it was a quick tempo. There was a lot of quality in the games as well. For me personally, I don't know whether this is just because I'm a, a big fan of Scottish football, but I found them a lot more watchable than the majority of games I've seen from down south. Mm. There's a bit of resilience about us, uh, but it's the the fact of the matter that there will be nobody there. I think back to one night at the, the close of last season when Celtic went to Livingston, and they were behind in the game. And at the same time, Rangers were uh, drawing with Hamilton Ackies at Ibrox. And by the end of the night, the the unthinkable had happened. Hamilton Ackies beat Rangers at Ibrox uh, and Celtic snatched a late draw. And, and so the championship took another twist and another turn. Uh, but all of that is driven by people. You know, the people inside Ibrox, albeit unhappy people, and the people inside the, the Tony Macaroni uh, who didn't know what to think as the night wore on. Um, now you have to have all of those emotions on the park With absolutely no emotion off the park Up next is Darren who's a Celtic fan in Erskine Darren what's your point tonight? Uh, I just want to make the point of the goalkeeping situation at Celtic and I think nobody's really brought up the Dean Henderson name Who's potentially not going back to Sheffield United from Manchester United and I think with Celtic possibly being able to give him Champions League football, is it maybe a move that could be interesting to him? I don't think there's an earthly of that happening. Sorry, Darren. Um, I think that at this rate, Dean Henderson is more likely to be Man United's number one goalkeeper next season than uh, Celtic's number one goalkeeper. He is one of the outstanding goalkeepers in England. Uh, and I don't think a loan at Celtic is in any way a possibility. The way that David De Gea is playing at the moment, uh, I think there's more chance of Dean Henderson going back to Old Trafford because um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer can't go on with a calamity keeper. No, I understand that David De Gea is a bit of a bomb scare at the minute, but I still think with the contract that he's on... I think Dean Henderson may still be sitting on a bench next season Which I don't think is best for him And that's why I was thinking Maybe a possibility of Maybe giving him some Champions League football It's like Sheffield United He doesn't get that opportunity Well, uh, it's a good thought But I, I think it's aiming too high uh, I don't think that he would see His immediate future being best served By leaving England to go to Scotland, even to the number one club in Scotland, and even with the possibility of Champions League football, I think he's too big for that. Yeah. Is there any other areas, Darren, that you'd like to see strengthened? Uh, no, I think we're looking pretty good in most areas. Uh, also, Mickey Johnson's uh, injury maybe some scope for that left wing, but I think overall, Celtic still look pretty strong in most other areas. Another centre back, obviously. Um, but it's really the goalkeeping situation at the minute that's of concern. Yeah, I think also up front, you know, the, the as I say, the Lee Griffiths situation has to be resolved. Uh, is he going to get himself right? Does Neil Lennon have confidence in him any longer? Uh, that's one that has to be sorted out because if there's any dubiety about Lee Griffiths' immediate future, Celtic need to think about getting another striker in. 
And just finally as well on that The group stages of the League Cup We know the date for then They'll start on October 6th The final will take place on the 28th of February as well So a bit later in the season for that one But thank you for all your calls tonight That's all we've got time for Unfortunately thank you to Darren and Erskine For phoning in And thank you for all your calls and tweets Thank you to Hugh Keevans as well in the studio Make sure to stick around Because Barry Wilkins is up next And join us tomorrow night Because I'll be back in the hot seat With Gordon DL. 